When you need help or advice, you turn to your parents or a trusted friend for help. So why go outside of Virginia, your home, when you need car insurance? Abra Insurance gives you individual attention and won't turn your way no matter what your driving record looks like. Giving same-day personal service in the state of Virginia for over 30 years. Able Insurance, 979-0814 is the number. Ableinsurance.com is the site. What up, what up, what up, though, Ballhawk Show? Say one more time. What up, what up, what up, though, Ballhawk Show? What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Amal Hawkins. I appreciate you rocking with me on this Monday as we recap Virginia versus Pitt, uh, the latest basketball game for the Wahoos. Um, is, if this is your first time tuning into the Ball Hawk Show, welcome. Uh, make sure you subscribe. It's on various platforms. So if you're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn app, Google Play, YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review. Helps with the visibility. And um appreciate you as always, man. Appreciate the support. Uh so this is gonna be a long podcast just because UVA um handled Pittsburgh like they were supposed to. Um started out a little slow, then they got in their groove and they won by a score of seventy three to forty nine. And you guys know me, I'm not gonna try to make it a podcast as long when it doesn't need to be long. I mean, I, I felt like the Wahoos played up to their potential. Um, saw various good things. Have a about to come to an end of a tough stretch. They play Syracuse tonight. So if you're driving up to the Carrier Dome, hopefully you listen to this podcast right now. Or if you're driving home from after the Syracuse game, you can listen to this to help you travel back to wherever your destination is. Um, so... What we're going to do is, as always, we'll get into some team and player notes. We'll get into uh, individual stats and then my overall thoughts from the game. So, as I said, UVA won by a score of 73 to 49. Some post-game notes. Virginia is now 26-2, 14-2 in the ACC. Has a four-game winning streak versus Pitt, including an 8-1 mark in ACC play. The Cavaliers have 26 or more wins for the fifth time in the last six seasons. That's a lot of wins. For the fifth time in the last six seasons, UVA has at least 26 wins. UVA has 14 or more league wins for the fourth time in school history, 2014, 2015, 2018, and now 2019. UVA is 14-1 at John Paul Jones Arena this year. UVA is 15-4 all-time versus Pitt in a series that dates back to 1957-1958. Virginia has won 11 of their last 12 meetings and 6-1 at home, 3-0 at JPJ versus the Panthers. Tony Bennett is 8-2 all-time versus Pitt, including an 8-1 mark at UVA. UVA went on a 21-2 run to gain a 39-19 halftime lead. UVA held its fifth opponent, first ACC, to fewer than 20 points in the first half. We're talking about a Division I school. 
and you holding them under twenty points in one half. I don't care who you playing. That's that's a that's a tall task, especially an, an ACC team. The Cavaliers are ten and zero when limiting opponents to fewer than fifty points. Eighty six and two all time under Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett has coached eighty eight games in which an opponent was held to under fifty points. Division one basketball scholarships, the best that you can get. And he holding them to under 50 total points. UVA has held 22 opponents to 40% or less field goal shooting and 25 opponents to 33% or less three-point shooting. UVA tied a season high with nine steals. Some player notes, and I'm getting all of these team and player notes for VirginiaSports.com. Make sure you go to VirginiaSports.com. Salute to my guy Jeff White and the crew there do a phenomenal job, especially information that you need to learn about any of our sports team at this great university. Not just limited to football and basketball, the podcast that I do, but you want to find women's basketball, uh, field hockey, lacrosse, soccer, tennis, everything, rowing, diving, all the sports. Uh, So playing notes, double-figure scores were Kyle Guy, who had 17 to lead the way, DeAndre Hunter had 13, and Ty Jerome had 12. Guy, 17 points, moved into 39th, on UVA's all-time scoring list with now 1,159 career points. Calgat had five three-pointers, and that moved him into fifth on UVA's single-season three-pointers list with 86. Guy also ranked sixth on the same list with 83 three-pointers last season. Guy has made five or more three-pointers in 14 career games. Mommy Diakite blocked Shock Street in it at 23rd longest in school history. And Jay Huff had a career best three steals. And I know there's a lot of Jay Huff fans out there that are definitely happy about that stat right there. Because that's talking about defense. And anytime you talk about Jay Huff, it's always, well, why isn't he playing? And it's the defense. You get in the argument. Um, so sh- salute to the unicorn. Um, when we look at overall, just. Other individual stats, you know, we talked about Cal Guy leading the way with 17 points. Um, he was 5 of 7 from three-point land. That's what we love to see. He was very efficient. He only took nine shots, made six of those nine shots. Then he only played 25 minutes. Here's a young man that's usually playing between 37 and 40 minutes, and a lot of time he's playing the entire game. So the fact that he could get this late in the season – a break in the action to where he basically played almost half of his minutes. He played 25 minutes. You know, 20 is the half of 40, but you get what I'm saying. Um, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, Ty Jerome also just played 25 minutes. Very efficient from the field. Just four of five from the field, one-on-one from three-point land. And he was a perfect four of four from the free throw line. Two assists, just one turnover. He had 13 total points. And that floater is becoming a cheat code. Um the thing about Ty Jerome, everybody understands that he's not going to wire you with athleticism, but people don't realize how difficult it is to master the floater. And from different angles, the way that he does, he understands that he's 6'5", you know, 6'6", long arms, wide frame, very crafty. And the fact that he has demonstrated an ability to be able to get that shot anytime he wants to. He kind of reminds me of... um. Jeff McGinnis when he was at North Carolina when Jeff McGinnis had a little jump floater um Ty doesn't really get a lot of lift off of the floor because he's 6'5 and it's he gets it up quick 
I mean, it's no tendency, it's no indicators that's going to let you know he's about to attempt to float. I mean, it's just in rhythm, nice and smooth. And, and I mean, that's what attracting is attracting NBA scouts because he's so crafty, because you understand that when you have a young man that has is truly working on his craft and mastering the little intangibles and not relying on athleticism, the ceiling and that that much better and the sustainability to play at a high level um is there longer you know when you have these athletes that's coming out of college or high school and they's uber athletic you know over 40 years bird and they just super fast and just jump out the gym and you don't really worry about their fundamentals because they just wow you with the and one type highlight mix and then you have a guy like Ty Jerome who if you tested him in running you know in a 20 yard shuttle or any type of drills the numbers won't jump out to you, but you put a basketball in his hand, that's where he wows you because it's like, damn, how did he do that? And when a guy that's 6'5", playing the point guard position and understands change of pace, understanding change of direction, understanding how to use his handle, how to use the hesitation, how to the sudden crossover that doesn't have to be flashy but very effective. And that's what I like about Todd Jerome, man. And he demonstrated this year with Kihei Clark being in a starting lineup or just coming in off the bench that he can play off the ball, that he could come off the screens, that he could, you know, flare out, or he could come off tight and catch the ball and finish at the cup, that he doesn't have to essentially do a layup to finish in the paint. That's why the floater is so uh, important to his game, because he's not a high flyer. He's not just somebody who's going to dunk on you. But two points is two points. You know, we all love dunks, but a dunk and a layup counts the same. It just made it do something differently to the energy in the building. But it's still two points. Then you got DeAndre Hunter, our lottery pick. 29 minutes played, was 4-6 from the field, efficient, 1-2 from the three-point line, 3-4 three from the free throw line, five assists, a two turnovers, scored 12 points. Um, here's a guy that when we need buckets, we go to him. Um, I'm noticing that he's getting the ball late in the shot clock. He doesn't show any panic. He gets to a spot. He elevates and is always on balance, and the shot just looks good coming out of his hand. So, DeAndre Hunter is a guy that um, I know a lot of fans are saying that he needs another year, and that's just your selfish fan glasses and heart telling you he needs another year. If you truly look at the landscape of basketball, this kid is a bona fide professional basketball player. And how can you not want to encourage him to learn from the best 24-7 not have to worry about going to class? You can always come back and get your degree. There is no time limit on getting your degree. And I think sometimes we are becoming a detriment to these student athletes when we try to tell them they got to get their degree. Like they can't come back to school. You can come back to school and get your degree once you leave. My thing is you always got to strike while the iron is hot. You don't ever want to take a chance of just saying, Hey, I need to no go. Especially if your grades come back to where you're a bona fide first rounder. And if you're a bona fide lottery pick, you go. You you truly do. You go. I'm I'm sorry. That's just my standpoint. Kihei Clark, another start. 28 minutes played, 100% from the field, 100% from the free throw line, 100% when it comes to four assists to zero turnovers. A young man that's been under a lot of scrutiny in the past three games. Um, you know, he was been challenged for shooting the basketball or lack thereof because he wasn't you know, making shots, it was three straight games. He didn't make a single shot. Now you have three straight games. He hasn't missed a single shot. And you also have another game 
when he didn't turn the basketball over. In the last seven games, he has 20 assists to just three turnovers. So it was a narrative built uh, opposite of Kihei Clark that said he always turns the ball over. In the past seven games, he just has three turnovers, and he's played at least 20 minutes in every single one of those games. I know versus Virginia Tech, he only played two minutes in the second half. And I want to say the last turnover he truly has was maybe versus North Carolina in the second half where he was close to midcourt and he spent out of a double team and kind of threw a jump pass and it got picked off. I want to say, no, 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 it's Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech before the half, that was his. This episode is brought to you by Carvana. Carvana is in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. They even offer customizable financing so you can plan your down and monthly payments. To shop thousands of affordable vehicles 100% online, download the app or visit Carvana.com. Availability may vary by market. Last turnover, I believe. And that's when he got sat down. When he got the rebound, he tried to throw the Todd Jerome on the right hash. And Isaiah Wilkins for Virginia Tech picked it off. Ironic of the name. And then laid it up. And um, then he only played two minutes in the second half. But since then... He's res- he's responded to the criticism, which as fans, that's what we want. Here's the thing that I that I, I want to say to you fans that criticize this young man and was questioning his minutes because a lot of you guys wanted you know Jay Huff to get more minutes, and I hate that narrative because we're playing, we're pitting two guys that we want to see succeed against each other, and these two guys' minutes don't truly affect each other. But people can't get that through their minds, and they continue to just throw things out there. But here's the thing with Kihei Clark. I understand if you don't care for a certain player. I understand that it's something about a player that you really don't care for, right? I don't want to say you don't like because we all love our players. But if you're going to build a narrative, if somebody combats you with advanced data that goes against what you're saying and it's accurate and it holds water, sometimes we got to be less prideful and just admit, okay, that's some great points that you made. Sometimes everything isn't an argument, and we got to start making things a discussion on a lot of these fan board, uh, a lot of these you know message boards and, and fan groups. Because why are we truly arguing against each other? We want to see we all got the same common goal. We want to see our team do well. We want to see each individual do well, and we trust in what Coney. Tony Bennett is doing not saying you can't question him but we all entrust into his vision and that's why when it comes to Kihei Clark it just seems like the kid the last three games has done everything everybody's asked for him as far as naysayers right and it's like they still waiting for the wheels to fall off just so they can see say I told you so you know you just have people just going through different sites and looking for stats to just say yeah you may think he's playing good but I got a stat that show otherwise I, I just don't understand why we always take that approach. And it's not just Virginia fans and not just basketball. You got it in every sport that we get so fixated in trying to be, in air quotations, right, that we don't understand that we're truly being a detriment. There's nothing positive coming out of the discussion. It's not. We all have our opinions. We all have our views. But at the end of the day, what is your, what is your end mission? Like, what is your goal in having your opinion and and trying to see what somebody's truly thinking. Like, what is your goal when you present your argument? You know, are you trying to see the knowledge that the person opposite you has? And can they help you identify some things that you're missing? Or are you just trying to impose your views and just say, hey, listen to what I'm saying. I'm right. 
Or are you just trying to play devil's advocate and then in the end you come to a common agreement? Be like, yeah, man, you made some good points. I just wanted to just really press the narrative to see if you truly believed in it or was you just regurgitating information that everybody else is saying. And I always say I'm not in the business of being right and wrong. Everybody has their opinion. I give off my opinion. You give off your opinion. I don't do that matter of fact stuff. Um, I watch a lot of film and somebody challenged me and say, where well, you're blind or you need to watch more film. Cool. I'll go back and I watch even more. And then I make timestamp like, Hey, look at this point of the game or look at this. Cause everybody has different visions. Everybody sees things differently in film. And that's why I, I have the advanced analytical crowd that listens to my podcast. And I mess with those guys because I'm like, man, it's a lot of numbers you throwing out there. What is the criteria? Like, what's the minimum minutes that need to be played? What's the minimum shot attempts? And that's why I always just ask folks, what's the basis of the stats that they give out? So let's move right along. Um, Jack Salt, he started, only played eight minutes. And then take a single shot, just had two rebounds. Jack Salt just been the ultimate teammate. Um, hey, man, like nobody's going to come to bat and say Jack Salt need to play more minutes because we all get it. He's not one of the guys that people are going to bat for. But when it comes to being just that that leader and the ultimate team player, just just doing what is asked of you, unselfishness, that's Jack Salt. Amano Diakite played 20 minutes, had six points, two or three from the field, perfect from the free throw line, had one offensive rebound, one defensive rebound. Did have three turnovers and two fouls, but um, like I said, just going through, Braxton Key played 23 minutes. Uh, he kind of struggled from the field, was two, two for eight, 0 from three from the three-point line, but his rebounding showed. He had five rebounds, five points. Uh, Jay Huff played 17 minutes, excuse me, had six rebounds. He was three for four from the free throw line, just one for four from the field, 0 for one from three. And like I said, had three still. Austin Castro had three points. Shout out to him. Albemarle, uh, Cody Statham had zero points. Uh, Jaden Nixon played five minutes, had one steal. Uh, Grant White Mama Kersey played two minutes, had one steal. Uh, but yeah, man, just looking at this game, I just felt like the Wahoos just continued to fine tune. A lot of the things that they struggled with in the past couple of weeks. Uh, when you look at total team turnovers, they had they had 10. Um, they caused 15 turnovers from Pitt. Um, Pitt, as a team, shot 38% from the field. In the first half, they shot 31%, 30% from the three-point line. So they shot 38% from the field overall, 31% from the three-point line. Uh, they did have 13 points off of our 10 turnovers. Uh, we had 12 points off of their 12, no, 15 turnovers. Uh, we had 28 points in the paint. How many points did they have in the paint? They had 16 points in the paint. They did have 11 fast break points, which we usually don't give up. We had six fast break points. We had two second chance points. They had nine second chance points. Um, but just looking at this game, uh, like I said, the Wahoos did what they were supposed to do. Some much need to rest from my starters. Um, I did think Kihei Clark did a very good job on Xavier Johnson, their leading scorer, who just a freshman, came in averaging 16 and a half points. He was over seven from the field. Um, he got all of his points from the free throw line. He had four turnovers to four assists. So, you know, Kihei made a difference. Uh, Coach Tony Bennett talked about his ability 
to use quickness on quickness with Xavier Johnson. Um, and that, and you know what, man, I, I, I'm, re- I re- I'm really not trying to really continue to be in defense of Kihei Clark, but I just, I don't know, man. I just, I just don't know. I, I really don't. I'm really tired of this Jay Huff and Kihei Clark little debacle that's going on within our fan base. Jay Huff is going to play more minutes. He's going to be a great service to us today versus Syracuse. We're going to need his height, his ability to step out and hit shots, uh, his ability to jump up and catch oops because Syracuse has a lot of length. Um, everybody is anxious to see how Kihei plays versus this zone defense with all that size. It's going to be imperative for Kihei to be sound with the basketball because if we can have Ty Jerome and Cal Guy playing off ball, then you have um, Hunter at the free throw line extended. And then if you can have a Jay Huff sitting on that low block because Kihei has a great relationship with Jay Huff as far as finding Jay Huff. Like he finds Jay Huff. If you are a Jay Huff fan, you won't zero in the game because, damn it, Kihei going to get Jay Huff the ball if you haven't been paying attention. I'm just saying. That's one thing you can't disagree with. When Zero's in the game and Jay Huff is in the game, you know Zero is going to get him the ball. Proof is in the pudding. Just look at when they're in the game together. That's the future right there. But I am anxious to see how Kihei will play in this zone. Um, yeah, if, if you're if you're Syracuse, you're, you're going to try to dare Kihei to shoot. I mean, we all have players on each team that you dare to shoot, no matter how much dynamic a player is. R.J. Barrett, he's so dynamic, but you still want to dare him to shoot a three-pointer. Nah, I'm just serious. If if R.J. Barrett is open for a three, you're going to use the percentages. He's a 30% free throw, I mean three-point shoot. You're just going to let him shoot. Everybody has that, and that's what we run into. Everybody, like if Braxton Key's in the game, they're going to dare him to shoot a three. They're not going to dare him to slash because they'll dunk on you, Okay. So that's what I'm looking forward to in the Syracuse game. But Pitt overall, Coach Capel, first year Pitt, the guy tripped up DeAndre Hunter. I don't want to say that's a Duke thing, but something got to happen because he clearly tried to trip DeAndre on purpose. That was a snake move, and that young man needed talking to. Hopefully he got a talking to once they reviewed the take because it looked bad and there's no way around it. You can't say you ain't mean, you meant to you meant to trip him. That's Grayson Island style. Sweet. Sweep the leg, Johnny. But the Wahoos played well, man, and that's all I got for y'all. I'm not going to talk y'all head off. Hopefully y'all enjoyed the game tonight versus Syracuse. It's already been over 20 minutes. It's the Ball Hawk Show. Make sure you subscribe. Shout out to my man Juan Thornhill that put on the show at the NFL Combine today. The dude did his day. Gonna think. I may just need to do a podcast on my thoughts with the Combine and how Juan did. But I got y'all, man. Good as the enemy of great. Be great in everything that you do. Ball Hawk, make sure you subscribe. Get your um, Shut the Hell Up Juice gear at sthujuice.com. I'm out of here, baby. Ah! I want the whole world spin my record. Cheryl, the hoodie styles, check game, stay free records. Show the girl, fed the death in a massaging. Bad news, even be massaging. I got a fitted hip, I be massaging. Pinky rings on my finger, I'm massaging. I got a speedboat constant, cause I massage. I coming through about a whole kind of lodge. I be massaging, I be massaged. I'm coming through with catalytes and massaging. Yeah, both of constantly massaging. I got GPS, I be massaging. I catch coca fish, cause I massaging. I like a macaroni plate, I be massaging.
be massaging. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.